Sam Rayburn, an American politician of the early 20th century, once said, No one has a finer command of language than the person who keeps his mouth shut. For a politician, that's saying something. Ironically, I have to open my mouth if we're going to discuss this in today's episode. But there's so much value in this idea that many great minds have covered this theme. And many of us were raised with a similar piece of homespun wisdom. I'll go into all of this in a bit. Of course, there are times when we need to speak, times when we need to ask for help, times when we need to guide others. So today, we'll discuss what this is really all about and why silence can play a pivotal role in one's success. This is the Heart Body Business Podcast. Inspiration, tips, and tools for entrepreneurs seeking a more fulfilling type of success. One that stems from exploring and expressing their true passion and purpose and finding healthy ways to do so. All coupled with insights and action items to get a business moving in the right direction. I'm Steve, your host, and I invite you to learn more at heartbodybusiness.com. I remember something from an episode of the sitcom Night Court from many years ago. Someone on trial quoted Jesus and said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. And Judge Harry Stone replied with something like, Kind of puts a damper on the old job description. In a similar way, today we're talking about closing one's mouth, yet I have to open my mouth to do so. But the point isn't that we cannot talk. It's really about when we should speak and how and why. There are three areas of this topic worth discussing, and the first is about listening before we speak. William A. Ward expounded on this idea when he wrote, Before you speak, listen. Before you write, think. Before you spend, earn. Before you invest, investigate. Before you criticize, wait. Before you pray, forgive. Before you quit, try. Before you retire, save. Before you die, give. There's so much power and wisdom packed into this quote. And while we won't review the whole thing, maybe we can summarize by suggesting that it's all about earning the right to do something. In fact, as toddlers, we cannot even speak without first listening. We learn by example. If we learned from the wise, we likely learned to speak with wisdom. If we learned from fools, we likely learned to speak foolishly. And it stands to reason that we'd all prefer to learn from the wise, as it leads to better outcomes in our own lives. So if we wish to learn from the wise, shouldn't we seek to be wiser before filling someone else's head? Shouldn't we learn before we speak? Doesn't this involve listening, whether literally or by reading the words of another? And even if we've learned quite a lot, when it comes to individual situations, how can we tell someone what they need to hear if we haven't first listened to know what they need? Plato said, wise men talk because they have something to say. Fools, because they have to say something. Plato's fools, to me, were akin to what we've started calling NPCs, or non-player characters. It's an insult about other people who we feel are just following a program rather than thinking for themselves. 
But we need to realize we're all following a program when we're not actively taking control of our thought processes. We are all NPCs at times. And in many cases, an NPC's programming makes him uncomfortable with silence. He cannot simply be, cannot abide the quiet, so he speaks just to relieve this discomfort. The words themselves may be meaningless, so you'll hear people who speak continuously, stealing from others the opportunity to sit in silent reflection, to listen not only to others but to their own inner guidance, to grow a little wiser before they speak. From a business perspective, this need to listen first is a core tenet of marketing. We have to understand our market before we reach out to them with a message. Otherwise, we throw our ad budget into the wind and hope it will reach the right people in the right way. This is haphazard, and it drastically lowers our odds for success. So, listening first. This is key before we speak. Next, we consider the quality of our words. Are they uplifting? Do they encourage others, teach others, or offer assistance? Or do they attack, break down, and undermine? Many of us were raised with some good advice. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Who we are radiates into the world and attracts experiences of a similar quality. Our thoughts, words, and actions either confirm who we are, making that radiation stronger, or they alter us and our radiation, for better or for worse. Our words, after all, are just a more concrete outreach of our thoughts, and actions are the most concrete of all. And so, if we don't want to just be NPCs, if we don't want our programming determining our experience, if we want to craft our own lives, then we must craft our radiation, which means being careful with the words we say and the actions we take. This is why gossip is so damning. It comes from our programming for our lower needs. As children, we tend to brag to increase our own reputations. This is so we can fit in with a group and have our survival needs met. As we get older, though, we find that people don't like others who brag. And so instead, we turn to putting down others in order to look better by comparison. It's the same goal of belonging to the group for survival. Whether we're inflating ourselves or putting others down, neither of these needs come from the heart. They come from the body and brain. When we gossip, we're often making assumptions about someone and passing falsehoods, whether we know it or not. So we enter into the radiation of untruth. We steal from their reputation. We hurt their opportunities. We hurt our own future opportunities with them, and you never know what the future holds in store with someone. In short, you radiate all sorts of things that you do not want in your life, and yet you're calling for them. I'm all about free speech. I don't believe people should be censored from saying hateful things, because this is a sure route to censoring truth as well. So we shouldn't seek to control the speech of others. But if we don't control our own speech, then we will not control our lives either. Imagine if everyone understood this and, in spite of making mistakes along the way, 
we all genuinely wanted to start speaking with kindness, compassion, and support for others. Can you imagine how the world would change? I believe we can change our personal worlds by doing just that. So we listen first, and then we speak with the energy we want to bring into our lives. And the third topic here is who we speak with. There's a story in the Bible's book of Revelation. There's a woman about to give birth to a child, and there is a dragon waiting for the child, ready to devour it the moment it is born. But when the child is born, it is immediately caught up to God and to his throne, where the dragon cannot get to it. Our goal is to strengthen our heart consciousness as it connects us to our genius. As we do so, we're given the guidance and ideas to do great things in the world. But we need to be cautious when these ideas are in their infancy. There are those who will want to devour them, whether to steal them or to belittle them, but in effect, to kill them for us either way. And so there is value in protecting that which is precious to us, in guarding the gifts of the heart, from the claws of the dragon. In the world of esoteric traditions, this is why one was required to go through challenging ordeals before being initiated and able to receive instruction. And one would need to reach higher levels of initiation before being taught even deeper truths. Whether you buy into such traditions or not, the idea is important. The force of our genius is behind its guidance, helping us bring it into reality. But this force can make us feel a great internal pressure. And in our weakness, we often want to release the pressure of that force. We do so by talking to anyone and everyone about it. But this dissipates the energy and reduces our chances for achieving a goal. Now, there may be people we need to speak with in order to make a thing happen, but choosing who they are and how we reveal our ideas is in the wisdom of making it happen, choosing where we expend our energy in order to conserve it and maintain its creative power. We live in an era of overwhelming content. People who speak and write more and more and more to gather attention and generate revenue rather than people who choose their words carefully to gather the right attention and accomplish the goals of the heart rather than the body or mind. In fact, we're so committed to this production of content just to be heard that we've started outsourcing our content to artificial intelligence, which is the epitome of content for content's sake rather than content for the sake of wisdom and genius and creativity, which only humans can produce. Maybe there's a time and a place for all this. Maybe it even plays a role under the guidance of our genius. But I believe we could all spend a little time in reflection on this idea that no one has a finer command of language than the person who keeps his mouth shut. Or, as I've pointed out, the person who knows when to keep his mouth shut, knows when to open it, knows how to use it, and knows who should hear it. We listen first, 
We use our words to uplift, and we're prudent with what we share. In doing so, we're better prepared to hear the heart, develop wisdom, and achieve a greater purpose as the ultimate form of success. Till next time, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe. You can also join our mailing list to get alerts on our latest episodes and other tips, tools, and news. Learn more and sign up at heartbodybusiness.com.